This is the Irie Comic Books Podcast, and this is a very special episode of the Irie Comic Books Podcast, because we're talking about a very special book. We are ringing in the new year for this episode. I think this is going to be the first episode of 2020, and we're going to be talking about serial killers. Yeah! (laughs) In specific, we're going to be talking about a singular book called My Friend Dahmer. It is an original graphic novel written by Durf Backdurf. Before we get into anything, I want to say full spoilers for Durf Backdurf's my friend Dahmer. It's a fantastic book. You should all go read it. But I've got two special people here that are going, I'm going to be talking with about this book. That is Paul Jaisley. Hello. And Nick White. Hey. Thank you both for joining me for this amazing special episode. Now, one other thing I need to throw out there. This was a request from our old year or couple years old Kickstarter. One of the people that backed us at a very high tier was like, hey, I never got my request because... He forgot about it, and he wanted us to read this book. So Paul and Nick were very easy to convince to sit down and talk about this book. How do you guys feel about one of the most disgusting murderers in American history? <laughs> Paul, well, Nick, what are your feelings on this book? Let's let's just dive right into it. Well, what a way to start off 2020. I'm going to start right there. New year, new me. me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, this is interesting, because I had actually read this book a few years ago, I think when it first came out, and... I was really struck by it and it stayed in my mind. So it was nice to go back and revisit it um, and to have it sort of reinforced just what a great bit of cartooning this book really is. I think Durf mm-hmm. Back, Durf mm-hmm. Style um, fits the subject matter in the fact that it's so different and not grim. Does that make sense? So like, it's interesting to read the book and see that tension between Durf's cartoony style, the grimness of the subject matter. It makes for a really compelling read, despite the fact that it is a really disturbing story about a very disturbing person. Yeah, what what was really interesting, and I mean, in that regard, is that at no point does Durf go into the grotesqueness of the what happens with with Jeff Dahmer. Instead, it's about him growing up. Like I should yeah. I should preface that if you haven't read the book, it, this is about the life of Jeffrey Dahmer from the perspective of Durf back Durf, who went to high school with him, and the time that Durf interacted with him, which was in their late junior high school years into mm. their high school years um, before they graduated, and then they parted ways and never saw each other again. Um, but yeah, that's it is it is interesting that he's able to tackle this without I guess not getting too grotesque despite the the, the actual story that happened with yeah. Jeff while he was in high school. But uh Nick, what are what are your opening thoughts on this whole book? Yeah, I mean Paul kinda hit the nail on the head about um Bacterf's art aesthetic, which 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 I find kind of interesting because um Bacterf in terms of the subject matter that he chooses to address, you know, he largely, you know, stays away from any of the stuff that would be considered um gory or um you know, just really lurid content, right? Um but that being said, there's something um despite the fact that we're 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 following him in high school where, you know, there are warning signs and things like that, the art style is still very there's something foreboding about it. There's something kind of exaggerated and grotesque about his features. Um, mm-hmm. I think I wrote to you a couple of days ago and said it, it really reminds me of almost the sort of mad magazine caricatures that you see, mm-hmm. um, as well as, and I maybe maybe Paul knows what this is. Mike didn't know. Um, it reminds me a lot of like Rat Fink. Yeah. Yeah. Like Big Daddy Ross is rat fink, you know, everyone's <laughs> a little bit like there's heavy inking and everything looks kind of crazy and grotesque and 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 just unsettling. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I mean, so, I feel like there's a there was an era of comics that really pushed on this style, leaned on this style. I feel like you could also look at like Ed Piscor's stuff that he's done. Looks hmm. very similar, like in the in the detail and the heavy inking. Uh, the, my my buddy, who I guess the, I should say the person that recommended told us we got to do this show. Uh, my friend Russ uh, really enjoyed it and wanted us to talk about it. Uh, he said he felt a lot of influences from R. Crumb as well as yeah. Gilbert Shelton. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gilbert Shelton's work. It's like old '70s stuff that's kind of in that era of like weird gross comics um at least that's that's how i see it (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh i didn't know that he was the one who who put forth the the uh, edict to make this episode that's interesting yeah yeah he was he was a kind individual who backed us on our kickstarter and you know got his t-shirt and all that stuff and just sat on the request to to make the episode so here we are and then then after we took a long time to do it he picked a book about someone who was largely ignored for a long period of time and then (laughs) killed people i feel like i'm gonna not try to read into that but i feel like there's some messaging going on there yeah um yeah so maybe to um to segue from that point you just made, Nick, I think what makes the book work in a lot of ways is that art style and also Durf's pacing. The opening few pages of the book are just Jeffrey Dahmer walking down a deserted road. Mm-hmm. But like the mm-hmm. way it's paced, you get that sense of isolation and loneliness that I think Durf points to again and again as saying, this isn't the cause, this isn't the reason why Dahmer did what he did, but you know, to understand that period of time, late 70s, Akron, Ohio, the des- desolation of the Midwest, you know, post-industrial uh, city like that, and the sort of isolation of uh, the teenage years, Durf captures all that visually without really making it, without stating it. It's all there on the page, and you just kind of get that ominous sense of it. And I think it's masterful how he does that, you know? Totally. And and well, I think some people's criticisms of this book, and I think maybe some of them just came in uninformed yeah. or um, felt that it was going to deal with some of the more, you know, uh, like I said, lurid stuff involving Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. Um, like the fact that he's largely just walking around and, you know, there's not a lot going on there. I think that that, as you said, you know, it really just reflects the Midwest and that day and age there, there mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot to do and um, <laughs> yeah, so if you couldn't make friends uh, you know I, yep. the isolation is there yeah definitely and, and I think an interesting piece of that is is Durf's reflection on saying, meanwhile, while I was doing X, mm-hmm. you know, what, which seems like a normal teen thing, Jeff was doing this. And, it, it, and of course, this is all him um, digging into, like, history and hearing interviews with Jeffrey Dahmer and his parents and different things like that. Um, and it, But at the same time, it was, it was clear, like, you know, while I was out just, you know, being a band nerd, you know, Jeff was coming to school drinking every day. Right. And, like, to, to me, that, like, is interesting that he's able to, after so many years, find that level of like introspection to say like i had it pretty damn good and like the fact that this thing this thing happened in the same town in the same high school like all of these things lined up and he draws a lot of parallels to himself uh and jeffrey dahmer in some ways to say you know my dad was also a chemist my dad was also hard-nosed my dad did this and my family life was kind of similar to his um Mm -hmm. the only difference was some unknown factor that durf doesn't even try to like 
really point at. I mean, I think yeah. there's some, he does a little bit of opinionating um, in the beginning of the book, but at the end of the day, he's not trying to say, I solved Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, right. yeah. but he, he does draw a lot of lines to say, it's so strange. There must've been some variable that no one knows and no one will ever know that mm-hmm. drove Jeffrey Dahmer to do this. But mm-hmm. look at how close my life was compared to his. And Nick, I think you mentioned this to me, you know, when we were, we were chatting about this before the episode, you know, I think Durf was trying to, is almost trying to like come clean or like trying to say like, you know, I could have done something and he wanted to write this story to a a certain extent to kind of clear his conscience in some way to say like, not, not to like say that he could have really done anything that he felt guilty, but that he was so close to the subject matter. It almost behooves him to actually tell this story so people understood who this person was from a perspective that was very close to him and not just a series of of media interviews and things like that which um again i want to get into the back matter and like later in the episode but uh yeah i think like derf wrote this to to definitely try to just get something out there for his own personal stake as well as to provide a, a side of the story that maybe a lot of people didn't see and i, I certainly didn't as someone who's who's strange and has read some stuff about Jeffrey Dahmer in in a curious way. Um, This is definitely a book that like took me and kind of blew my mind. I mean, this is my second reread and I loved it the second time as much as I did the first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's interesting because I, there's a fine line that Durf has to walk here in the fact that he wants to, you know, give a perspective, a unique perspective on Jeffrey Dahmer that he has at the same time. It's, he can't be sympathetic. And he, I think it's a very unsympathetic book. Like he's, there's never an attempt to say, explain away Jeffrey Dahmer's behavior or say like, Oh, here's why he did it. Like, like you said, but the attempt, I think of Durf to point out these troubling behaviors and there's a refrain in the book that he comes back to says, why didn't anyone do anything? You know, where were the adults is literally a quote from the book. And I remember reading the first time that really struck me because you know, the, there are were so many warning signs that I think you only see in retrospect. But mm-hmm, at the time, it's like, why didn't someone do something? Not that it would have, you know, saved anybody or made any difference, but still the fact that this went on and you had a troubled teenager who had no one to turn to, it's, at one hand, it's a unique story. On the other hand, you know, <clears throat> it's not unique. You know, how many kids went to that same same thing with and mm-hmm. didn't turn out to be serial killers. You know, there's right. always that caveat. But again, yeah. it's a story that I think a lot of people can relate to on a, a very human basic level. Yeah. I, I think Derp does a good job of saying that Jeffrey Dahmer is a tragic character until the moment he kills someone. Exactly. Like, yeah. That was, I, I actually, like on my second time reading that really hit home for some reason. Like, I, I like that Durf tries to paint this picture of saying you should feel bad for this guy until the moment he killed someone. Then after that, there should be no sympathy for him at all. Exactly. And it's not even necessarily sympathy so much as it is pity. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Because even even it, as a kid, like he was still being pretty fucking gross. Like he was still like picking up roadkill, and you yeah. know he potentially had he never killed anything you know living until he killed his first person. But like, um, or at least according to him, you know all this all the claims and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, it's still it's not that he like he was necessarily trying to go down a path of goodness or something like i don't know i think it's pretty fucked up if you're tearing roadkill apart for fun (laughs) yeah exactly and it he derf does make Dahmer out to be a very unsympathetic character he has no empathy for other people you know that's something that happens throughout the book you know yes yes yeah i mean i i I think derf is trying to really 
draw two lines in a way. And I think the first line is to say, yes, it's true. It was what the 1970s things were different. Um, education was different. Um, public schooling was different. The, the safety nets in schools and the reporting of people and, and, and sort of um, the way the school tried to keep tabs on its students and whatnot was totally different slash non-existent. And so, right. yes, it was a different time. And, and, and that is one thing. But then Durf says, yes, it was a different time. But that doesn't it totally explain Jeff because my life was not the same life. Jeff had. Yeah. We were not the same. It was a different yeah. time, but Jeff was still, even despite it being a different time, a different era, Jeff was still, even for that point, a very different individual. <laughs> and and yeah, I honestly think, and it seems like a no-brainer way, but when you look at this larger-than-life persona you've got in this book, Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer, jeez, let me try this again. <laughs> when you've got this larger-than-life persona in this book of, of Jeffrey Dahmer, and, and, and obviously his name's the title of the book and whatnot, and so there's a focus there, I think when you reframe this as just Durf trying to, and, and you can see there's almost a back and forth with Durf <laughs> of like, how is he supposed to feel? Yeah, um, because yeah. a lot of this does feel like sometimes it almost sounds like he 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 seems really regretful for what happened, that he almost feels like he could have done something. Um, and then at other points, he says, what, I was a 16-year-old in high school. I was so caught up in myself, just like every other 16-year-old was. What did you expect of me? I wasn't an adult. The adults weren't doing anything. Right. Um, yeah. And so he just seems really, really torn. And I think that I, I, I totally understand that because it wasn't even like um, Backdurf was an individual who was just a simple passive observer at school, right? <laughs> right? He wasn't someone who said, you know, I really didn't know him, but like, gee, I saw him at lunch and he was, you know, being weird, right? Right. Like, it's yeah. not just that he was a passive observer. He was someone who was actively interacting and... Um, you know, engaging with, yeah. with Dahmer. And I think, club, you know, I think, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what he, I think that's what scares him the most is he feels like he was someone who was perhaps, you know, exacerbating Dahmer's behaviors, you know, egging mm -hmm. him on, encouraging him. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily know if that's, that's the case. Well, I, I mean, think, even, I think even, even Backdurf says, and I agree with him, you know, he feels like, you know, the things he did, didn't and couldn't have and wouldn't have changed. Yes. Jeff. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. But that doesn't change the fact that on some level you're still asking yourself, you know, sitting up in the middle of the night and going, well, still, that doesn't stop me from wondering, right? Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a really tortured book from that perspective. Cause like I said, you, you can see Backdurf like kind of all these different emotions that he's feeling about the whole scenario. Yeah. Just, I, playing yeah go out. ahead, go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. And I, I think that's why the book works so well is in some sense, it's almost Durf's story even more than Dahmer's. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why I could see someone who wants to know more about Jeffrey Dahmer might be disappointed because it, it really does feel like a memoir that Durf is doing, you know, mm -hmm. instead of a, a deep psychological analysis. There is some of that, obviously, but... 
I like that Durf's restraint at times to say, look, I didn't see this behavior. I read about it later on. I can't speak to yes. things I didn't witness firsthand because it's his story too, you know? Yeah, I, I think he took a, a very professional, objective, like, take on this book. Or he, he took, like, used that as, like, I can't speak to this. I'm, I only have guesses. And yeah. especially when we get into the back matter, I highly encourage anyone who gets this in digital format or in physical format to read all of the back matter. It's a lot of text. Yeah. But I honestly couldn't stop reading it. Like, I was reading this at, like, 2 in the morning on, like, Wednesday before we were recording this, and I just couldn't stop reading the last part of this. Now... I should also say, reading this book at 2 in the morning, despite Jeffrey Dahmer being dead and having been dead for like 20, almost 15, 20 years now, mm-hmm. I still thought a giant six and a half foot tall man was going to like kill me um, <laughs> when I was going to sleep that night. But um, nonetheless, I, I, the back matter in this, I think, is really, really important to say, you know, how did he know this? Why did he put this scene in? Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of scenes where there's no way that Durf could have known this. And it's <laughs> clear that he, and he even says in some places, you know, I read about this later, but here's how I pictured this thing. And he goes mm-hmm. even further into detail on, on how that, like how he said, oh, I read about all this stuff with his mom and, and this is why I placed this scene here. Or here's how I simplified a scene that happened in real life because I didn't want to crowd the page with 20 bodies, you know, yeah. or 20 people. I shouldn't say bodies and, and like that. Uh, 20 living human beings. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that speaks to how masterful uh, the book is, I think, visually and narratively. I think Durf is such a nuanced cartoonist, which might not be obvious uh, at first glance, because like we said, his style is idiosyncratic. It's grotesque at times. It's cartoony, you know, in a pejorative sense sometimes. But his narrative pacing is so well done and nuanced at times in the book. It it really does capture you in a way that I think the movie adaptation doesn't. You know, I think visually the book works so much better as a comic than it did as a movie. Yeah, Paul, did you get a chance to read the little ebook exclusive stuff? I don't know if you had this physically or digitally, um, no. where you got to actually. Okay, so the, the the back of the digital copy, there is uh, the a copy of Durf's first attempt at this oh, okay. when he when he did the twenty four page comic that originally kind of inspired this, and you can see scenes pulled out of it, but mm-hmm. you can the pacing is so is way off. Oh, okay. You can tell that it was like it's a very rushed thing because I think even in even in the forward, you know. I think uh, Durf says that he really, when he when he heard about this, he needed to get something out, and so he created a series of small little stories that he could remember, yeah. and then he eventually went on to, to do a little mini book that I think maybe won an award or something. <laughs> but coming back to the full book, he you can really see where he he stretched out some ideas that really needed some focus and adding a, adding a lot more than than what was in the original comic yeah. um, to to make sure that the book is well paced like that. Like I think you can yeah. you can tell he really spent a lot of time to make sure that this was executed in such a way that it didn't again make feel make. Jeff seemed like a, a sympathetic character, making you f- understand that while all this stuff is very sad and very tragic, by no means should you feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And I really yeah. like that. I think I like that he spent like the amount of time, and there are even pages that you could say in some places where he could have cut panels out or pages out, but without that, you don't get those beats of slight suspense like I, and I don't think this book by any means is truly suspenseful but you need some of those breathing moments to see things build visually before the words come in or before you actually mm. see the final you know moment of a scene I, I really yeah. appreciated that about this book yeah I, I think tension is the word I keep coming back to again there's a tension between yes, the grimness yes. of the subject matter and Durf's style and there's also a tension in just the pacing and the deliberate sort of slowness of a lot of the scenes that yeah I think it's a masterful book in that regard 
Yeah. The, the thing about his art is that at first glance, I feel like most people will go, ugh. Like, you'll kind of step <laughs> back and you'll look at this. And I think, you know, Mad Magazine, Nick, I think you mentioned that, is like is a great comparison because I think you would see a lot of these types of caricatures with these, these they're very realistic, but also incredibly cartoony style. But as the book went on, and I get, especially on my second read, I really appreciated the level of depth and detail that every, like, there's so many line marks in some of these pages that it's like, he must have spent days just on this one panel of someone's house because he wanted to make sure that it was accurate. And yeah. it, I, I really appreciated it again the second time coming through because as, as exaggerated and caricaturesque as all of these emotions and all these things that you see are, it, it really hits home a lot of the strangeness that was definitely Jeffrey Dahmer, um, given the way that things are described. Like, you had to be exaggerated with this guy, otherwise you weren't going to get that same feeling. But I mean, I guess, did you guys have a, a moment in the book that you, like, I don't want to say necessarily particularly enjoyed, but was there something that really struck you as super interesting in this book, like a, a segment or a piece of it? Um, I mentioned the the opening scene with Dahmer walking down the road. I think the the way that Durf frames that, you have a just a, like a bird's eye perspective of someone walking down the road, and not even like a person, just feet yeah. know, walking down the road. It's just such a striking way to open the book, because I think... Again, if you're just coming to the book based on the title or the subject matter, you might just want to see something over the top or you want to see something grisly or ghastly. Yeah. Maybe. But, you know, to open the book that way, I think is a really interesting way to foreshadow the recurring theme of isolation and loneliness that Durf comes back to again and again. So I think that opening scene really works for me. And again, the stuff that Durf does with the jogger um, that Dahmer is fantasizing about early Mm -hmm. in the book. That is done so well. And again, that's a scene that shows up later in the movie adaptation that doesn't work as well as just the way Durf does those scenes of a jogger running down the road the same way Dahmer's walking down the street. Yeah. You know, those images always stuck with me every time I read the book. Yeah. Nick, what about you? Did you, was there anything in this book that like really struck you as you were reading it? Um, I mean, I, I think obviously there's, there's the scene with the, um, skull, I'm not sure of what that gets placed on uh, a stick or something, and then oh, it gets yeah. put on that hill, and it's it's hmm. casting this long, menacing shadow down onto the ground. And um, I felt that was kind of appropriate because, um, and again, maybe this is my brain trying to process things, but it seemed like um, back derf when when you kept getting shots of of Dahmer the the shadows being cast onto his face were just getting progressively darker mm-hmm. and darker and darker yeah. as the book went on um and I don't think that was an accident and I'm not so sure this book could have been done in color to be honest that's kind of what one mm-hmm. of my main takeaways was from yeah. that moment um I don't know I I, I think also um there was something kind of like really sad about the scene where I want to say it was maybe like the winter of their senior year or something like that. You know, he's talking about his group of friends and how, um, and, and I think everyone has this sort of setup in high school. Like you, you have your friends that you hang out with at high school and you have the, those friends that you hang out with outside of school, but then you have the ones that are just strictly people that you associate with at school and you're not in any rush to really hang out with, outside of school and they just mm-hmm. kind of show the group of friends just sort of driving by Jeff's house as it's just covered in the snow or whatever and just ignoring him 
and just leaving him and just driving past. Yeah. And, you know, he mentions it as kind of just like an opportunity miss to try to interact with him. And that was kind of like, yeah, that was kind of haunting too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think that that whole, inter- like that thing is very harped on in this book. Like I think Durf makes a point multiple times to say, you know, and me and Mike and Neil got together and Jeff didn't come. Or Mike and Neil right. and I made plans, and I dropped Jeff off, and then we went to the movies. Like, or even when they go to have him have the the you know the seizures at the mall, and then after yeah. that, like they all go and hang out afterward, and they just immediately drop Jeff off. Yeah, yeah. And and again, yeah. like I want to be super mega clear about this, and I think we've been very crystal clear about this up to this point, anyway. But like, you know, the whole point of this book is not. Durf saying, geez, um, the Jeff that the world ended up finding is not the Jeff that I knew, and I don't know, I don't know how he became that person, and he was so different. Mm-hmm. Like, Durf is clearly laying out exhibit A, exhibit B, exhibit C. Like, if anything else, he is clearly giving you the clear cut, you know, evidence yeah. of how Jeff became Jeff. Yeah, like he's not saying I don't know who, who I don't know who this guy is. I don't know how it happened. Like you should all feel bad. He's saying I have a file folder that's fucking full of examples and reasons of how this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the scenes of you know Dahmer chugging you know a half pint of vodka before going to school, like those are really chilling too. And it's it's again it's a not a sympathetic portrayal, but it's. Durf saying like, yeah, why wasn't anyone making a big deal of this at the time? Like, why wasn't yeah. this troubling to anybody else? You know? Yeah, I, I I found that disturbing in some ways, and I think I think Durf really he points a finger at like authority in in some capacity to say like, why weren't people involved? Of course, but then he also kind of falls back on that and says, oh, it was a different time. Um, and I I think he yeah. he struggles with that I, in, in, intentionally. Like I think he as a person struggles with that. Like. Why didn't someone else step in? Like, it, it couldn't have been on us, dumb 15, 16-year-olds, to fix this. Mm-hmm. Someone else should have noticed, which I thought was was really curious. I mean, like, because as much as I want to think back to me being 16, if some adult was, was in my face trying to, you know, breathe down my neck about stuff, I would have been pissed. But at the same time, like, it seems like there was almost a, a like, a lack of any kind of security or any kind of... Uh, discipline in this school like in strange ways despite us him showing other people being disciplined for some reason no one saw jeff and i think that kind of leads into the whole this is how serial killers in general are like they are extremely charismatic they have the ability to kind of blend into their surroundings um you know and and they imitate people and all this stuff and i don't necessarily want to think that jeff at 16 would had serial killer like tendencies but he definitely was leaning that direction and as the book goes on it's clearer and clearer that he got like things were darker and darker and to nick's point his face is literally shaded darker and darker as the book goes on which i didn't catch the first time or second time reading until (laughs) nick pointed that out to me um but the the thing for me that that really really struck me was the Dahmer fan club section of the book not that not that it was like strange but like the fact that like this this to me feels like the biggest chunk of the book where durf is trying to say fuck like 
I was really close to this guy to a certain extent. Like, I was seeing him regularly. I was spending time with him regularly. Like, me and my friends were pulling pranks with this guy. Like, to me, that Im- that indicates a bit of closeness to a certain extent. Like, mm-hmm. and not to say that they were, you know, in each other's lives and hanging out and all this stuff. But even still, if you're at school goofing around for, you know, three or four hours a day, that's still a lot of time five days a week. Like, yeah. he, I think Derv has this section in the book in there as a as a way to say, like, yes, I was close with this guy. And I feel really strange about that because I went out of my way to use this guy's strangeness for a bit of fun, and we all thought that it was a big joke. It turns out it wasn't for Jeff. This was him actually like feeling accepted by people, and because otherwise he wasn't getting that outside. Like he finds out later, of course, we all did that he had a very troubled life, you know, growing up with his parents and stuff like that, and it affected him greatly. And it was it that to me was the the most striking part of this book, like all the yearbook stuff, all the like actual drawings that he had that. During was like this is proof like i'm not just making this shit up i had notebooks full of this guy that yeah. we all thought was was really really funny and th- that just blew my mind like first time and, the and fact second that they time used reading. his drawings in the uh, didn't he keep didn't they use um Durf's drawings from when he was a kid as part of the they used his drawings of jeff as a kid in the comic mm-hmm Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah there's was, a couple that shots was of that. Creepy. That, yeah, that's there was what, something. That's what I'm downright saying. Downright chilling about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about you know Durf's attempt to, uh, you know, showcase the the loneliness and isolation that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer went through. But again, the name of the book is My Friend Dahmer. Right. Yes. Yeah. He's very clearly struggling with this that that tension of. Yeah, as a guy I knew from school and I had a lot of fun with, but at the same time, I really didn't know him or didn't treat him as a friend at the time. But right. clearly, Dahmer saw it differently, you know. Well, and I, and I think what's, what's interesting about that is that even even in the book, and maybe this is hindsight, maybe whatever, but like mm. a lot of people kept saying, you know, Aaron, and a lot of throughout this book, I think is, you know, Jeff would go fishing. Like there's that scene where he goes fishing with, with one of uh, uh, Durf's friends. I think yeah. it was Mike. And they catch a fish and he cuts it up and he says, I just wanted to see what it was like on the inside. Like, I think these are all of these all add up to, you know, Durf saying, you know, we all realized that there was something weird about Jeff, but we didn't really think about it too much. But yeah. uh, obviously they did to like subconsciously understand that they didn't want to bring Jeff out with them. Like they weren't going to socialize with them outside of school um, mm-hmm. because there was like they, they all had in- intentionally created that barrier. And I think a lot of people did because while Jeff was fun and entertaining to a certain regard in his his quote unquote spaz things that he would do. After the after the joke is done, these people were like, "Well, I don't really want to socialize with you other than being in like a piece of entertainment," which is it was yeah. terrible. Like it's mm-hmm. terrible to treat kids that way. But also, like if if you feel creeped out by somebody, there by no means do you have to hang out with them. I just I, I, I understand <laughs> it. Like I think there's like a there is a a hard line that these these kids obviously drew with Jeff where they were like, well, we'll hang out with you to a certain extent. And the fact that even someone invited Jeff to go fishing says that some people were trying. I think that that there are probably dozens of other cases that people just forgot, you know, because you don't think about these things where they invite, you know, somebody out to say, oh, well, let's, we'll try to hang out with this guy. And it goes weird. And you're like, I'm never going to hang out with that person ever again. And I'm guessing that there are probably, you know, like I said, dozens of other stories like that. We just don't know them because again, you don't remember them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, even Durf's way of showcasing his involvement um is unsympathetic. You know, this scene where they go to the mall and Jeff has his sort of epic, you know, spastic 
fit that he throws yeah. to in- entertain them. Durf is not, it doesn't look fun you know, the way Durf portrays it. Like, I kind of feel like he's kind of saying, yeah, this isn't, this is, it was entertaining to us at the time, but we're also like shitty, like teenagers, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not fun. And it, it's not something it's underwhelming that, and that's on yeah, purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I think the thing that really struck me about that was the, 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 the way that he describes them getting to the mall where <laughs> Jeff's like, he pounded six beers in less than 10 minutes. And I felt yeah. really uncomfortable with that. Not just because it was six beers, but because Jeff was comfortable doing that. That, right. like, that I really, I really liked how that whole thing brought the moment down for him. And then it just got worse and worse and worse as it went on for like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And just the way that Durf's able to, in self-reflection to say like, yeah, you know, this, this isn't a fun, entertaining thing. Like, it's kind of sad and pathetic that we did this. You exactly. Know? Exactly. That requires a level of self-reflection that I think permeates the whole book. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm flipping through the book right now as I'm, as I'm thinking about it. I just, I'm looking at some of these scenes of, of Jeff doing like these, these, these spastic movements with his body, and mm-hmm. I just the way that Durf is able to, to draw the contorted body of Dahmer in, in some of these scenes, or just in general, it, it's very chilling it's so chilling like the cocked head and all this weird stuff like i can see it in my mind a real person doing it you know what i mean that yeah. he he draws in such a way that it is very cartoonish but it is it's realistic in proportions and scale and things like that because it's not necessarily a crazy cartoon um yeah it's just oh it's just terrifying you <laughs> <laughs> know i i've either of you seen the, the film adaptation because maybe we could briefly sort of. I know I've brought oh, yeah. it up, but yeah, yeah. I I, I watched this on a, I watched this on a plane <laughs> um, <laughs> because because I'm a psycho and uh, I I thought it was I thought it was an interesting movie, but it was so slow I almost couldn't stand it. Um, and yeah. I, which is interesting because I think that the comic is very slow, but it is it entices you. Like I my first time and my second time reading it, I couldn't put it down. I had right. to finish it because it's that compelling of a story. Whereas with the movie, it kind of felt like. Did you guys ever see that movie Elephant? <laughs> That Gus Van Zant did. Gus Van Zant did. No. no. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, it's about the Columbine shooting because you know. Let's just keep on this path of tragic, oh, horrible boy. things. Um, <laughs> and it's really slow for a movie that's about a really terrible thing. Yeah. And to me, that the My Friend Dahmer movie adaptation uh, felt the same way. And it, it, it in that it felt kind of directionless. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the story of that that Durf tells in this book, it is directionless because there is no necessarily like beginning, middle, end. It's right. like a it's an autobio comic that kind of tells two perspectives. But the mo- you can't really do that with a movie and have it be compelling. And not to say that it should have been action packed and Jeff should have been killing people left and right. But th- I think there's a way to do a film like about like this, uh, about a, a subject matter like this, and keep it like keep the pace moving and I, I to me i felt the movie was just really slow and it was hard to watch um because there was a lot of very silent moments that don't translate well into film for me at I, least exactly yeah i think that's what i that's what i remember the the comic is so well paced and deliberately paced that gets lost in the translation to film and also the the way that Durf's able to sort of exaggerate features and characteristics obviously you can't do that in a live action film so Hey, I saw Battle Angel Alita, man. You can totally <laughs> oh, no. do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think yes. putting a, a more human face made it tougher to process what Durf uh, was saying with the material. Totally. And also, you know, the 
I think what was lost for people that hadn't read the comic who only saw the film, again, it's Durf's story as much as it is Dahmer's. And I think that aspect was missing from the film as well. So I think the book works so much better. It's a comic that is works because it's a comic, you know? Mm -hmm. That, well, that and there's sense. like a with the with the with the comic style, there is like a layer of rem, like removal of, uh, I, I guess like humanity in in a yeah. certain regards. Like you mm. don't see these cartoon characters as people holistically. Like you understand that they are, but yeah. when you when you see a film, like that's a person's face attached to a thing. And exactly. I get I I, I want to sympathize with a person on screen when they're being portrayed tragically, and, and that made me feel really uncomfortable with the movie because it's fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Exactly. Like you you don't feel bad for that guy. You should not. And I and Durf harping on it, and not to say that it's in every other page, but Durf saying it in the book helps i think reminding Mm -hmm. you you should not feel bad for this guy but this stuff was really sad and i appreciated that but you can't like have a disclaimer (laughs) at the beginning of a movie (laughs) that says like don't feel sympathy for this guy that we're about to portray very tragically Um, exactly and i i don't know i i felt like the movie just it didn't capture the same spirit um because it is so like it had the potential to be so relatable but like you have this cognitive dissonance where you're just you're like I know I shouldn't and yet I do but I don't want to and why yeah. am I even watching this <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, so, I don't mean to completely shit on the movie but no, like no, I no. didn't really enjoy it so <laughs> no I I think the book the book works so much better you know the the things that I like about the comic just didn't make it onto the screen you know yeah, so yeah. totally well, I, I don't know, Nick. Do you have any any final thoughts on this? I know you said you hadn't seen the film, so I was curious if you had any any last tidbits about the book. Uh, you maybe we can dig into some of the back matter because that was something you pointed out to me. You're like, make sure you read this. Um, yeah, Paul, I don't know how far you went into a lot of the prose portions of the of oh, the back matter that was there. Yeah, but, yeah when, um, I f- when I first read uh, it, Nick, do you have any out. any any highlights out of there that you wanted to point out? Well, I mean, I think. And I know that the three of us are, are always interested in, in, in process as, as part of constructing a graphic novel. And the one thought that kept crossing my mind as I read this book was that there were a lot of scenes where Durf was not witness to something, right? That, um, and in many scenes, we were, we were shown things where nobody was witness to something, right? And so, like, the, the, the trust but verify, you know, Nick White mantra, right, mm-hmm. was very much like, hmm, is this scene real? Was this scene constructed because thematically it gels with what Durf does know? Where's the, you know, where, where, where does the truth lie, right? Sure, sure. And so, um, one, I, I certainly, as I went through the book, I kept thinking to myself, geez, um you know, maybe this would be helped by having a bunch of editor's notes. But then I thought to myself, like, I really appreciate that Durf didn't go, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna clutter my book. It's not a prose book, but I'm gonna clutter my book with yeah. with footnotes and endnotes and things like this and citations and just litter the page, right? I appreciate that he didn't do that. Um, you know, he understood the medium he was working with and he didn't do that. But of course, like I said, for someone like me, I was thinking, okay, so show your work. Like, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, where this plays out. And so I really enjoyed um, the fact that Durf had a very, very meticulously plotted 
um, set of notes that explained everything, that explained where he heard about certain things or or who was witness to certain things or in terms of things where we only where there were no witnesses we find out that okay jeff had been interviewed and he said you know that i mean the fetal pig incident was one of the moments where i was like okay so how does anyone know about this yeah right i mean the last 22 pages of the book are like after i think issue page number 199 starts the beginning of all the sources and it goes to 221 at least in the digital copy and yeah. he walks through om- like all of the major pages of this that basically describe where he got all of his sourced information yeah and 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 in a lot of ways it it provides supplemental information or or can be kind of enlightening or provide extra details and um yeah i i i really appreciated that i um, you know, I found that very helpful and it made me kind of relax a little bit from the fact that as I was reading the book, I was kind of like, okay, but like, how do you know this? Or, or, and, and as he does mention in those notes in a couple spots, he did you know, thematically, you know, change things a little bit or, or edit things. I think he mentions such small things as when he gets pulled over towards the end of the book, it was technically one cop who pulled up and then a second cop drove up later for mm-hmm. backup. And he just can puts them in the same car because he doesn't want to draw as much on yeah. the page. And, right. and again, that seems inconsequential, but like, obviously you can reach a slippery slope sometimes of like, okay, like when am I changing or altering or editing things to a point where it's, you know, detrimental. And so I appreciate that there was that level of documentation. Totally. I think it speaks Um, to a recurring thing about Durf's approach here is that there's a attempt at an absolute honesty. You know, it's not, there's no rose colored glasses. There's no, you know, hindsight. It's just, here's all on the table, you know, as it is, as it was, you know, that, that level of honesty, I think is, it, it permeates the rest of the book as well. Yeah, Paul, did you get a chance to go through a lot of the back you know, matter I on this? The first time I read the book, I, I uh, skimmed through a lot of it, but now on my second reread, I'm going to dive in and kind of go basically page by page, you know, as he does in the back matter yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it my second time around. Like, I think the first time I mm-hmm. skimmed it because I was like, oh, fuck, man, this is a lot of writing. But I, I was really trying to dig into this, and I like just the level of detail he went into. Like, there, there was a, you know, some sections in here where maybe something could have been finished with like a, a half a paragraph footnote, but instead he goes in really deep to explain all of the complicated pieces that go into how he made a conclusion for a couple yeah. of pages. Mm-hmm. Like he, he explains in detail, like how, how far he went in to try to make things feel as accurate as possible. And to me, I didn't even while reading the book, think that he even needed to do that, but maybe that's the combination of the, the, the way that he wrote it. And then he drew it and portrayed it in the story because of that research. Um, like some of the stuff where he talks about distances and how far people had to travel, and yeah. oh, you see that I'm walking on a side on, on a street that didn't have any sidewalks, and he describes how at the time back in the 70s there were no sidewalks. Everyone drove or took the bus everywhere, and here's why Jeff, even in his senior year, was still taking a bus because you know most people didn't have cars, or even if they did, they didn't drive mm-hmm. them to school, um, or some people didn't. Um, 
yeah, I, I really, I just really appreciate a lot of the detail in the back of this book. So if you if you do pick this book up, anybody out there who's still listening, forty five <laughs> minutes in, um, you know, I, I really hope that you go through and read all the back matter. Um, the one other thing, Nick, I, I think you and I were the two that read it in ebook format. Um, mm. The thing that I thought was really interesting was that the ebook exclusive stuff, where there were some extra scenes that were drawn, like in the digital copy. You know, he says at the bottom of some sections of the page, um, you know, deleted scene on page two thirty five or something mm. like that. And so we got to see a couple little um, small motifs of uh, Dahmer like drinking during school and how like, you know, later in later years, people had told him, oh, well, you know, everyone walked around with a styrofoam cup and Jeff did too, but his was filled with scotch (laughs) and somehow no one noticed. But here's an example of when one time when someone almost caught him and Jeff, instead of like taking a suspension, went and got literally paddled by their their assistant principal in order to just get by and they said oh don't do it again despite jeff drinking actual hard liquor (laughs) on campus like it was that that's the the like state of mind or that's like the a sign of the times, yeah. I guess, of, of where things were. It's like, oh, you were drinking once NBD. But this is also the same school that had, like, a smoking section. Um, my question is, when are we going to bring back smoking <laughs> sections for vapors? You know, like, come oh, on. God. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I really liked the the, the way that he, he went into some of these scenes. And some of them aren't finished. Like, they're just pencils and, and some light inks. Um, but, yeah, like, we, there's a scene where Jeff went and apparently tried to go dig up a dead body at a cemetery during the winter, but couldn't get into the ground because it was frozen solid. And he did a, a, a small little clip of that, as well as some of the stuff from his original comic. Um, the ebook version is, is very well done, I will say. Um, there's a lot of really cool, interesting back matter stuff, especially, like, actual pictures that he scanned in but that he talked about in the book but didn't make it into the final cut, such as the yearbook cover that he wanted to create that had Jeff Dahmer in the fucking picture, you know, because they were um, this, they were called the Paul Revere School or whatever, <laughs> and so there was a photo of Paul Revere, but Jeffrey Dahmer's also one of the drummers in this little band. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre, the actual, like, level of stuff that we're seeing. I mean, we already talked about this, that, that Backdurf actually had some, like, all these drawings, or a handful of drawings still, that he found at his parents' house or something, that still actually contained things that he had drawn of Jeffrey Dahmer. It's It's terrifying mm-hmm. terrifying yeah, definitely <laughs> so i don't know do you guys have any final thoughts about this book <clears throat> i mean it sounds to me like we all <laughs> recommend it but <laughs> no I, I i think i th- i think it's something that you know it's morbid curiosity might drive you to pick it up but the level of craft and um style that derf brings the material makes it a compelling read you know, so even if some maybe you're squeamish and don't want to read something about a serial killer, I think it's worth reading as a work of comic book art. It's it's a mesmerizing work in that regard. So it's worth your attention either way. Yeah, I mean, and really, it's not that necessarily no, grotesque exactly. book uh, because it's, it doesn't go into the gore and details of what Dahmer actually did. It's it's about his life growing yeah. up, and that's still some very. I guess tension building stuff oh, to use yeah, your it's, phrase. It's disturbing, but not in the way you might expect based on, you know, the subject matter. So yeah, totally. What about you, Nick? Any final thoughts on, on this? Any closing thoughts? Yeah. I mean, as, as kind of what's already been discussed, if, if you're thinking about picking this book up because you want to delve into that, um, really dark content, um, I think that obviously this is not what that what this book is about, and 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 thankfully because um, I think Durf has a very unique 
very unique perspective on on all of it and um it's a real real tough tightrope i think Mm -hmm. to walk in terms of um how to properly voice and pace and structure this book and i think he nailed it and i think that that's probably uh, i mean it's it's a real difficult feat to pull off and and so in in the respects of him you know, doing it, I, I think it's definitely worth reading. Um, beyond that, um, just in terms of form and craft, it's, you know, a wonderfully paced book, I think, if anything else. Um, you keep reading, but you're not, you know, continuing to read because you're waiting for, like, the next lurid detail or whatever because that's not here. You just keep reading because I think... Durf really understands when to not draw out something for too yeah. long. Like sure. when, when sure. something's, you know, when something's done, you know, he'll just fast forward to the next year or something like that. Or he, he knows how to really show this progression of this character. So, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite a book. Yeah. I mean, it's quite honestly, one of the, one of the better graphic novels that I'm happy to own. Um, so, you know, I, I want to thank you guys for your time today. This is, this is a great episode. Thank you, Russ, for, for telling us we had to read this and I hope everyone reads this to start 2020. Let's get this going. Happy new year, everybody. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> but as, as always, you know, you can follow us all on Twitter. You can follow the show at IRCB podcast. You can follow Paul at Oh, Hi, You can follow Nick at Death Star Plans. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. Um, it's, you know, we also have an Instagram if you're into that, we've got that too. Uh, you, don't forget, we have a Goodreads group you can check out. We read stuff like this all the time on our Goodreads. It's goodreads.com slash, or excuse me, it's ircbpodcast.com slash goodreads. Uh, our website is ircbpodcast.com where we've got our zines, merch, all sorts of other fun stuff. You can email us at ircbpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Patreon if you're not already subscribed. We love all of you Patreon people. You're amazing. We have a Discord where we hang out with people. Infinity Shred does all of our music. They're the best band in the universe. Xander's a wizard. He's an editor. He's the coolest guy in the universe. Every Everyone should make it their goal for 2020 to give him a high five in some capacity. So I want to say thank you to Paul and Nick for being on the show this week. And thank you, Russ, for suggesting that we read this. Thank you to everyone out there for listening. And until next time, comics are good. And so are you.